Hello, this is Jacqueline Hellier. Welcome to the Tantric Lounge, where I and my co-host, Xavier Watercane, bring you all sorts of scintillating, fascinating conversations around sex, love and intimacy. Hello, Xavier. Hello, and once again, our wonderful show is sponsored by the wonderful Alelo people. Alelo, that Swedish designer brand of intimate, very intimate <laughs> lifestyle products. And we'll be talking more about Lelo's Produit du Semain. We will. Uh, later on in the show. But today's show is about... Sex is your hobby. Okay, that will be a very radical concept for a lot of people. Sex as a hobby as opposed to an activity, as opposed to just an ordinary part of life, as opposed to something that we don't want to talk about and bury at the bottom of the garden. Indeed. No, that it will all go away. <laughs> Depending on your background and how you were brought up and how you feel about it. Yeah, so I'm sure our listeners are not the buried in the backyard and hope it goes away time. No, our listeners are probably more about let's put it on the front display in the in the dining room and hope that everybody looks at it and goes, oh! Well, they might. They or they might. might be wanting to get to that point. Or not. Or not. I mean, not everybody has to broadcast their hobby far and wide. Some people are private stamp collectors. Okay, so let's talk about... What, well, uh, do you want to, want to talk about the latest on Planet Jacqueline first, as we usually do, or do we want to go straight into the subject? Well, we can talk a little bit about it because um, this weekend I'm getting, in fact, after this show, I'm heading up to the mountains to run a luscious woman workshop, a retreat, actually, three days of lusciousness up in the bush of the Blue Mountains, just outside Sydney. And we're going to spend the whole time embodying our sexuality, really getting to know ourselves as women and what our sexuality means. And as part of that, I'll be introducing them to the seven sex goddesses, which is my approach to getting women in touch with the depth and breadth of their sexuality. And, of course, there are also seven sex gods. There are indeed. So this is really the only hobby that I know of that mm. has comes with its own pantheon. Ooh. <laughs> wonderful yes yes <laughs> adopt sex as your hobby and get a whole pantheon free <laughs> gods and goddesses at your fingertips and at your other tips as well well tips all over the place tips yeah, all over the place gods and goddesses. deities and all sorts of things flushing around Dun dancing little around devas. dancing around those sensuous <laughs> elbows anyway that's let's, next week's topic. That's right. Let's, yes. But let's talk. For those of you that thought that this week we were going to be talking about turn your body into a complete erogenous zone, we've changed it to sex as your hobby because that was the topic of my newsletter that I put out earlier this week and I got such good feedback from it that decided to make this the topic instead. So you'll just have to wait a little longer. Yes. Turning your se but maybe it's a good preliminary step, turning your se sex life into a hobby yes. before you go all the way into turning your entire body into an erogenous zone. Well, because, yes, one sort of assumes the other. I mean, why would you bother going to all the effort of turning your body into the, just this receptor of absolute pleasure unless it was something that you really into and wanted to do. Okay, so let's assume that sex is something that people are really into and they want to do, but they want to do it more playfully and with a new approach. Mm. The hobby paradigm yes. seems to be a good one for that. Mm. So let's just talk about the various fundamental basic elements of all hobbies. Yes, okay, well. So the first fundamental basic element of all hobbies well, yes. I mean, well, what is a hobby? What is a hobby? Well, a hobby is something that you do together. It's an enjoyable – well, the definition 
from the dictionary is it's an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. Right. Well, that would seem to fit the sex bill or sex would seem to fit that, yes. Unless you're a professional. Unless you're a professional. But even then, you can have a paying hobby. Now, wouldn't that be great? A paid hobby, yes. But but people people, paid holidays get a bit not so pleasant. But never mind. But most people are going to be thinking that even if they break even on sex, they'll be doing fine. Yes. Anyway, professionals aside, an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. Right. That is a hobby and that is what one's love life ideally would be. If there's not much pleasure involved, then please don't do it. I've got a client at the moment. I'm often amazed at how many people come to me not enjoying sex but forcing themselves to do it anyway. Like, I, 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 I'm, I've got, I'm gnashing my teeth here. I like this. No, yeah, well, it's more like I should do this otherwise, you know, I'm a bad wife or there's something wrong with me or whatever it happens to be. I had a couple who started with me recently and I banned them from having sex for a while until they kind of sorted some stuff out because clearly it was, you know, low-level trauma on the wife and she'd been trying to force herself to get in the mood because she believed that you should have sex three or four times a week. Her husband wanted it every day but she was forcing herself three or four times a week. She wrote me an email, which I just got just a little while ago, saying, gosh, you know, funnily enough, not having sex has made me feel a lot better about myself. I'm like, that's not funnily enough. <laughs> that's to be expected. Stop traumatising yourself and you'll feel better. So one of the advantages of treating sex like a hobby is that you're lowering the possibility of trauma. Well, definitely, because if it's not enjoyable, you'll say, you'll say to yourself, well, well, why am I doing this? I mean, if scuba diving was your hobby and you, does, and you didn't really like scuba diving for some reason, then you'd stop and you wouldn't keep forcing yourself to do it the same old way. I must like this scuba diving. You'd sit back and you'd go, well, I used to like scuba diving, but now I'm not liking scuba diving. You know, what's wrong? So this idea of treating sex as a hobby is as much an attitudinal one as anything else mm, because you're mm. looking at the attitude of a hobby. The attitude of a hobby is if I'm if it works, mm. I'm going to keep doing it. If it yes. doesn't work, I'm going to stop doing it and maybe reassess, but I won't think that I'm a failure yes. just because I have I'm not a, because I haven't dived that dive or collected <laughs> that stamp. Indeed. Although some people take their hobbies extremely seriously. Oh, well, yes, as they should. But even so, they would still, you know, assess and make some changes probably rather than taking it upon themselves to, you know, do something they didn't enjoy. Anyway, so why would someone have a hobby? Well, it gives you something to do together. It gives you something to experiment with. It gives you something to enjoy together. Hmm. It gives you something to explore. Hmm. It's something, it gives you something to test um, your capacity for novelty. Indeed. It gives you an opportunity, if not an excuse, mm. to be creative. Yes. Because some people have a little, a lot of chatter in their heads saying, ooh, I'm only allowed to have fun in certain contexts. Oh, yes. If I have a hobby, mm. then I can have fun. I'm allowed. <laughs> All of a sudden you're allowed. Mm. Which, and some people might need that permission. Well, they would, and conversely, some people would, wouldn't do that thing unless it was fun because it is a hobby. 
as we were just saying, why would you have a hobby if you weren't enjoying it? Okay, so let's assume that somebody has gotten to the point where they're thinking, okay, I will turn sex into a hobby. Mm. What would be an appropriate first step? Well, just imagine you were going to take up a new hobby with your partner. Let's say you decided you wanted to go scuba diving, Mm -hmm. right? So what would you do? Very first thing is you'd say to your partner, hey, (laughs) fancy going scuba diving. Right? Ah! <laughs> what? Well, that's one possible reaction. Another possible reaction is, whoopee, let's give it a shot. Well, yes. And let's assume that you both like sex or want to like sex. So you're not likely to go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so the point I'm making is you would acknowledge it and you'd talk about it. Yes. Hey, I want to try doing some scuba diving. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is a problem cool. a lot of people have in the first place, what just even talking today? about it. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things about making it your hobby is that it, it frees you up to talk about it as though it's just a normal, enjoyable part of life. An activity. Yes. That you can both enjoy and share. Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay, what would be the next step now that you've broached the, the subject of scuba diving? <laughs> <laughs> inverted commas, quotation marks. Well, you'd kind of... Nudge, nudge, wink, You wink. might sort of suss out what you're already doing and know about scuba diving. And... Yes, you would do some research. Surely well, you would do some research. Yeah, and you'd, you'd share experiences and, and hopes and intentions. Yeah? Yes, what do you... Fears? What, yes, what do you expect from this? Mm. What would you like to happen? Mm. Do you have a concern about sharks? Mm. Yes, it reminds me of a couple I was working with for a while and, and the, the female partner was very reluctant to become involved because she thought having a late at night kind of brief little bonk once or twice a month was should be enough. And um, her husband, who'd read all about Tantra and was a very sensual man and desperately wanted his wife to, you know, enjoy sex in the same way that he knew it was possible. He huh? knew it. See, he knew the possibilities were there. The he, potential was there for a really great sex life. Yes, right. yes. And um, we tried involving his wife a bit, and she was just just so not present to the whole thing. Just so not present. And so I, I got her to come in on her own one time. She finally agreed. She'd come in on her own. We sat down, and the first thing she said is, "I don't want to have anal sex." I just want you to let. I don't want to let you know straight up that I'm just not into anal sex, and I don't want to have threesomes. And I'm like, oh well, thanks for sharing, but why are you sharing that? And she goes, well, well because I know he wants to do more, and and I don't want to do those things. <laughs> and I'm like, your husband doesn't want to have anal sex or threesomes. He wants to make your love life just generally more fun and connected, and actually deeper and more spiritual. So her precon- so she had to confront her own preconceptions about what she thought she he wanted. Yes. So talking about it as if it's a hobby also helps you deal with your own projections. Yes, indeed. Now, for those of you out there in a radio land who mm. don't know what a psychological projection is, mm. I'm just going to briefly explain. Please Project- do. Projection happens when you have a thought or feeling in your head, but you disown it, so you put it in their mind or head imaginary space of somebody else so for example if you say i'm scared of sharks but you don't want to confront your fear of sharks Mm. you say 
that somebody else is afraid of sharks and you blame them for never going into the water. Oh, no, I'm not going to go go into the water because they're afraid of sharks, for example. That's one example of projection. And I don't want sex to be a hobby because because you want to have anal sex. Exactly. Yes. That was her shark. Indeed. Indeed. She went into great lengths explaining why she didn't want to have anal sex. I'm kind of like, what's what's with the anal sex? It was obviously a big shark for her. Well, yes. It was the great white of her her sex life. Yes. And really what her husband wanted to do was, like, get out feathers and tickle her and lie in bed looking into each other's eyes. Yes, sweetheart. All she wanted was minnows. Yes. Well, indeed, she thought that there was this huge, big, white pointer shark out there and he just wanted to play with minnows. <laughs> That's a lovely analogy. Yes. And, in fact, he wanted little fishes nibbling at them, but no. <laughs> but she knew so little about marine fauna <laughs> that she didn't even know minnows existed. Oh, okay. So there's this huge extended metaphor here that it, yes. that it also – Treating sex with the attitude that it's a hobby also confronts yes. you about your own ignorance. Well, yes. There are possibilities here that we haven't even explored. Oh, and this analogy is just fantastic. Let's take the analogy further. So one person wants to go scuba diving. Yeah, <laughs> person go, yes, actually does go, well, yes, I don't mind, you know, having a little splash in the local swimming pool where it's all sort of small and safe and contained and there's no germs because it's full of and shallow. chlorine. And shallow. And shallow, yes, yes, that's okay, that's okay. If anyone's kind of lost the analogy here, listeners, this is kind of like, you know, nice safe sex with the lights out type stuff. Yes. And the idea of scuba diving, oh, my God, that means like staying under the water for long periods of time. And, ah, I know there's sharks under there. And, ah, why would, why would, why would you want to go? And People you go, die. You go down People deep. die scuba diving. People go too deep. And then they, and then they get all sorts of know, nitrogen narcosis and they get hallucination they and they, they start do. trying to breathe water and then they never get out and then they all drown and everybody's dead. And it's, it's horrible, no fun. horrible, it's horrible, 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 horrible. Don't want it as a hobby. Yes. So that was a bit like what these clients were like. And, and, and in fact... Gee, there's never a dull moment as a sex therapist. <laughs> there's never there? dull at all. No, no, no. When, in fact, his husband was kind of like, well, actually, I'd just like to go to the Great Barrier Reef and snorkel around over the coral and look at all the pretty, colourful fishies. Is minnows and coral. Minnows and coral. Maybe an occasional starfish. And some anemones. Anemones. Let's have anemones. And, and, and little clownfish. It's just going to be like Nemo in real life. <laughs> right. So, which is what he wanted. In fact, what lots of people want. So, you just, really don't have to dive deep into the depths or go swimming with sharks unless that's your thing. Okay. So, first steps in treating sex as a hobby is yes. it helps you confront your fears, mm-hmm. your preconceptions, mm-hmm. your fantasies or otherwise about what things might be like, your expectations, etc. But you do it in the comfort in the psychological comfort zone of treating it like a hobby. Okay, mm. right, I understand that you're really scared of anal sex. I really <laughs> understand that you're scared of threesomes. Actually, I don't want to deal with the sharks of anal sex or threesomes either. I just want to dabble around with maybe yes. scented candles and, yes. and silk. Or <laughs> yes, something. absolutely. And, and maybe try out this idea later on of having a whole body orgasm because your entire body's become an erogenous zone in yes. the comfort and safety and privacy of our own home. Yes. We don't even have to do it outside in kinky foreign locations. No, not at or all. Or in public. Not at all. Right. Well, 
after the break, mm. we will explore. Ooh, we yes, already. we're all here, so I know how time flies when you're having fun. After the break, we'll explore a little bit more about how the next steps, mm. once you've broached the subject and have decided to confront all of these things in this psychological space, we can then look at, okay, what's the next step in dealing with sex as a hobby? Yes. Join you soon. And welcome back to the Tantric Lounge, brought to you by Lalo. Intimate lifestyle products. I like that voice. Intimate lifestyle products. Would you like to do the whole show in that voice, Saviour? One day, maybe, when I'm, we're talking about, you know, S&M or living on the wild side. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that now? I like that voice, too. You like that voice? <laughs> I think all the listeners are going, oh, no, no, stay with the voice. Stay, stay with, with the voice, Saviour. Stay well, with the voice. Well, maybe I'll let the voice, maybe I'll channel the voice later. <laughs> I have to give that voice a name. I'm not quite sure who I'm channeling. Wild side. What? Wild side voice. Wild side. Anyway, so wild side. I'd like to talk a little bit more about um, sex as a hobby. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm. With the playful attitude and the detachment that Mm -hmm. sex as a hobby brings, the next step beyond the early stages of actually just talking about it Mm. would be to do some research and explore stuff. Mm. So what's a safe, nice way to do that? Well, you could read some erotica. It's one thing I often encourage couples to do. You get some books, quality books, and there's some very good quality um, erotica out there. Often um, books that are erotica that's written by women for women tends to be a little um, classy. Not to say that men can't write good erotica as well. I can write good erotica. Well, you can indeed. You've helped me co-write some fantastic erotica, and we're going to be releasing my next book soon, couple um, listeners, so stay tuned for that. Full of erotica. Um, yes, because when you read these short stories, either on your own or read them to each other, which is also fun and a nice hobbyish thing to do. You can read them to each other and try and distract each other, which is also very playful. Extending our hobby analogy, this mm. is the equivalent of um, subscribing to popular mechanics. Is it? Well, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're if you're oh, into if, if you're into your hobby. yeah, if your mechanics yeah. are a hobby, or if yes. so, or scuba or diving scuba is a hobby, like yeah, scuba world, a scuba world, diving deep, listeners. Um, <laughs> so, so it, it's you that's what you people with hobbies do yes. they they subscribe to stuff or they do mm. some research or they mm. go to the library and say well blah yes. blah yes so you can read some of this erotica and find out you know one story might make you go oh that's a bit weird not really into that or another story might go oh that's rather oh i rather like that because one. as much as we're advocates of encouraging people to uh, develop their own imagination, especially mm. their own sexual imagination and mm. their playfulness in that area. Mm. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. You don't. You no. you don't have to. Co- go, you don't have to start with a blank slate and work up. You can actually look at other people's dreams and fantasies mm-hmm. and explore and imaginative explorations and use those as inspiration. Mm. Just like if cooking is your yes. hobby, you're mm. going to look at other people's cookbooks. You look at master chefs and whatever whatever that they've done. Yes. Purely to get ideas and say, oh, I'd like to try that. Hmm. Maybe you don't want to start off with your triple flavour, double souffle, which might be a bit tricky (laughs) and might end up collapsing in the oven if you don't know about souffles. But to extend the analogy, you might want to start off with something simple, but at least something that, oh, I would not have thought of that. Hmm. But that sounds like fun and it sounds like safe and it sounds like just a little bit beyond my comfort zone so I don't feel totally overwhelmed and yes, confronted. Yes, I mean something that you might read about or, or see or something might be 
you know, more out there than what you want to do. So you pull it back to see, you know, you see someone tied up with chains. You're like, oh, I don't know, it's turning me on, but I couldn't do chains. Well, bring out, you know, a silken cord, you know, from your robe. It doesn't have to be, or a scarf. It doesn't have to be, you know. And this, is another, this. and this is another reason that you would do, for example, workshops. Absolutely. Workshops and retreats. My ones are quite wonderful, if I say so myself. But you, there are ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there's ones, you know, all over the world. Yes. And, you know, read about them. They'll, they'll be online and you read about them. And you go, oh, well, that sounds interesting. You can talk to the person who's running it to make sure that it's, you know, and these, safe and comfortable yes, for you. Yes, and there are a lot of and, – and, and people are always up front with what people are going to expect. I mm. mean, you don't have – I mean, you can start off with a very mild, talky workshop where people are just exploring ideas and doing very mm. gentle exercises, et cetera, yes. meditations, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go straight into let's take off all our clothes, mutually masturbate and insert large <laughs> – phalluses up our anuses or things like that. No, although there are workshops where you can do that if that's what you wish. Yes, that's sort of extreme hobbying. That's not what I do, no. either professionally or personally. But the point is we were talking about people confronting their fears. Mm. You don't automatically assume that the workshop is going to be very hardcore. It can be the softest, softest core. Yes, I mean, it can be whatever you want to. And, you know, and read other people's stuff. Like a lot of my clients have found that right, reading my blogs or listening to my podcasts, my blog podcasts, it's like an audio blog, which you can get on my website. Um, JacquelineHellier.com. Or thetantriclounge.com. Either one. Yes, that reading those aloud to each other, um, you know, provides a stimulus for, for discussion hmm. and learning and finding out more about each other. Because, I mean, really what sex is about too is about learning more about each other and learning more about yourself. It's not just about doing an activity for pleasure. It's about, you know, growth as well. Sure. And because you're coming into sex with this sex-positive attitude and it's all very, because it's hobby, it's playful, Mm. it allows an environment where you can have that dopamine flow and oxytocin that you talk about. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because as I've said before, I think I've said before um, (laughs) on this show, You've got to get that balance of the yin and the yang right and, you know, the balance of the yin and the yang yang chemicals. And too often if people are trying to get into sex and they're not prepared so they don't have that nice oxytocin flowing and they're feeling comfortable and safe with their partner, then sex sex is not going to be very comfortable. Like that client I mentioned at the beginning of the show who was trying to force herself to have sex, once she actually stopped forcing herself to have sex, she realised that the problem was actually some deep issues in their relating as a couple, right? So that's when she realised that she needed to fix that first. So it wasn't safe. So they weren't, she wasn't, she and her partner weren't creating that nice yin space where they felt good and open and could talk openly about stuff, right? Whereas if sex is your hobby, then you are creating that lovely space where, hey, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. And that's it. And we should not underestimate the mm. value of the safe space. Oh, it is so important. I mean, if you took up scuba diving as your hobby, you would learn how to put on the equipment. You'd learn about you know, how to go down deep and read the dials and always stay with your buddy. Don't go off on your own and, you know, and you'd practice. <laughs> you wouldn't immediately start dangerous cave diving. No, you wouldn't just put on put on a scuba thing on your back and jump off a boat without being trained what to do. Like safety in anything that you do is important, absolutely important, because when you are safe, then you can enjoy. Because when you're not safe, 
you're in sympathetic mode. That's that, oh, danger, danger, got to be on the alert, got to be on the alert. And if your body's in that nervous system mode. Yes, fight or flight. Yeah, then you don't feel pleasure. Yes, it's hard to feel pleasure when you either want to Mm. eat, uh, you know, fight something or flee it. Yes, absolutely, or freeze. Or freeze. Yes. So that's where you've got to get the parasympathetic, that more yin, relaxed, chilled, experience thing going. Plus then from that, that's when you get a bit of the yang going. You get the dopamine flowing and that's that. It's a, it's a positive sympathetic arousal. It's like, oh, yes, oh, I like this. This is good, right? So, you know, once you've done your scuba diving course and you're feeling safe because, you know, what you're doing, you've done it a few times and you're going to be looking at all the little clownfish and, you know, it's a lovely thing. And then there's also that, oh, yes, you know, this is exciting. I'm really looking forward to this. That gets the dopamine flowing. Yeah. And it's the same with sex. You've got to create that lovely safe space, whatever that is for you. And then you add you know, that frisson of, oh, yes, so, oh, let's try that melting candle. And, and unfortunately, we often talk about safety in negative sense. It's like safety from danger. Yes. There's also a more positive aspect mm. to safety, and that mm. is safety to explore, safety yes. to be new. Yes. And a lot of treating sex as a hobby mm-hmm. also involves being free to be creative and new. Oh, yes, because it's safe to let go, get your your guards down. You don't need to have that guard up to protect yourself. You know you're safe. And it's all. And it. And the other. Th- the other great advantage of sex as a hobby uh, mm. is that um, people have this attitude of freedom, mm. and with that comes the exploration. With that comes novelty, mm. which is the great cure for that great enemy of the sex life: boredom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so sad that for so many couples, um, their sex life actually diminishes over time because they they get less, they feel less safe about sharing what they want for fear of how the other's going to react because they're not treating it as a hobby. If as as usual, mm. we have questions. Ah, yay. Our, our discussions provoke questions because they are provocative discussions. Well, they are. I'm not just saying, hey, let's have a look at the latest sex toy. Why do you need to do that in an American accent? I don't know. I don't know. It, I think maybe it's because that's a cl- it's so often a cliche, a rah-rah stuff. Well, I suppose because so much porn stuff is American. American. Yeah. Not that we have anything against America. No, love America. Love America. Please, <laughs> we love America. <laughs> I love everybody. I don't care where you come from. Okay. Drew asks. Drew. Hello, Drew. What if one person wants it to be a hobby and the other isn't interested? Ah, well, yes, yes, as we were talking about before, that can be a challenge. So really it's up to the person who is the more enthusiastic to be able to empathise with their partner, right, to sort of get down to their level a little bit and just get clear about, well, what is it about that that your partner is is worried about, okay? And generally that's some fear-based thing, you know, the, the great sharks or the anal sex, or whatever it happens to be. And sometimes you need to spend a bit of time trying to get some common language around it. Yes, because even the word hobby might mean something completely different to somebody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but See, you might want to call it a project. That's a nice thing. Mm. I'd, I'd like to start a pro- oh, Let's start a project together. We can talk in this voice all the time. <laughs> I don't think so. But some people might want to. <laughs> oh, of course. They could. They could. Absolutely. Mm. 
Mm. Absolutely. Change who you are and you will get different results. Yes. If you're having trouble getting started on your hobby, then you might be able to, if you adopt a silly voice and say, (laughs) darling, let's talk about our new hobby. (laughs) (laughs) At least least with a bit of humour, it could relax the Well, yeah, exactly. Humour is fantastic. I mean, a lot of hobbies... A lot of hobbies make us laugh and make us feel good. You yes, don't necessarily go into them seriously. And 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 um, and laughter mm. and erections, either penile or clitoral or otherwise, mm. are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Oh, good heavens, no! Have I ever talked about the gigglegasm? No, let's talk about the gigglegasm. Well, I personally think that the best orgasms are the ones that are followed by uncontrollable laughter. I meant speaking personally here. I think you've probably heard that first, listeners, on the Trantric Lounge. No, surely not. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard too many people talk about, I mean, I know that some people do laugh. When I have an absolutely mind-blowing orgasm, it's just wonderful. I've just been in this superb space for lengthy periods of time and then comes to this lovely cushion. I just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Now, this is you'd have to have a partner that's really together about that because otherwise if they've got any insecurities, they might misinterpret that laughter as being at them. I don't think so because it's such a joyous laughter. It's just a welling forth of joy. Speaking of welling forth, yes. Dan asks, mm. I love the hobby concept. I was in a long marriage where sex was definitely not spoken about. Now I'm in a terrific relationship where it definitely is and I consider it our hobby. Yes. So obviously it's worked for Dan. Oh, look, it works for lots of people, lots of people. And I get a lot of the couples who come on my uh, workshops and, and retreats, they're really treating um, um, their, their, their sex as, as a hobby because they're seeing it as, hey, we're not dysfunctional. We're not doing this to fix something. We're doing this because we have a good relationship and we want to explore and discover more. Good point. So often people mm. want to improve their mm. sex life, mm. and that implies that there's mm. something wrong with it and mm. that they are having to fix it. Whereas the sex as a hobby idea says yeah. if there's nothing to fix, we're simply yeah. doing an activity that's enjoyable and fun. At um, a recent workshop, actually, um, when people were doing, I think they were doing the introductions, maybe it was a little bit further on, uh, there was one woman who said, um, well, clearly our relationship is in a bad space. Hey, we wouldn't be here otherwise, would we? And quite a few of the other couples kind of, you know, backed up at that, not unpleasantly, and just like, uh, actually, no, we're not here because we're in a bad space. We're here because we're in a good space. And we want to have more fun. And we want it to be better. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, I even say, um, particularly for my retreats, couples who are in a bad space should not do the retreats because it will not be good for them. Yes, they're probably better off doing therapy first. They need to do some therapy first, yeah. Sam asks, Mm. I like the concept in theory, but I find it really hard to talk about sex. Mm. Listening to your show is getting me more used to the idea, but I feel a long way off yet. Yes. Any advice? Um, yeah, look, it's so hard for many people to talk about sex. I mean, I have to say it was part of my journey too. It wasn't something I felt particularly comfortable about for long periods of time. Um, so pick your time and your place, right? So sometimes talking about sex just after you've had sex in the afterglow when you're feeling all sort of, you know, yummy and nice. I'm assuming you are feeling yummy and nice. That can be a nice place to start talking about it. Just low-key things like, oh, yeah, that was really nice and I really liked the way you touched me there or blah, blah, blah. That can be a place where you can start talking about sex. I also encourage couples to start um, 
talking about sex and intimacy while they're engaged in intimacy. And there's um, a serious sequence that couples can do. In fact, it's going to be coming out in my next ebooks, but I'm not quite sure when they'll be ready, um, which isn't very helpful, is it? No, but at least you can wet people's appetite. Actually, I think I might do that in the third section. That's a good idea. So stay listening, Sam, because in the last section today, I'll actually take you through a sequence where you will learn some of this stuff. This can be the practical component. Yeah. See, often we're just making this show up as we go along. (laughs) (laughs) I should have another idea, but this one's better. Yes, okay, fine. Mm. So, again, that's a great thing. Let's dump ideas that don't work and try ones that will work better. Another great hobby attitude. And we'll continue with this discussion of sex as a hobby after the break. Welcome back, listeners, to the Tantric Lounge. I'm Jacqueline Hellier here with Xavier Watercane, and we're talking about sex as your hobby. Do we have any more questions? We do. We do. Uh, James asks, I find that having other hobbies also helps us with our sex hobby. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, good heavens. Yes, good point. I don't think we've covered that one, have we? If you're already, yes, if you're already used Mm. to the hobby idea, just transfer it to your sex life. Well, yes, but and also because if you are doing other things together that you enjoy, then that helps with the oxytocin flow and the dopamine flow so that you are more interesting to each other and more connected. So then it's easier to then sort of flow into some lovemaking rather than living completely disconnected lives and then somehow trying to have sex kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's actually a really mm. if you already have a hobby, mm. then you it's easier to sell the idea to your partner. A, mm. a sex hobby. As mm. Delia has found out, Delia mm-hmm. comments, yes, I think I'm going to explain to my husband that just like all the preparation he puts into his golf hobby, he needs to put a bit more preparation into our sex hobby. <laughs> Probably don't do it yes. with that much, like, angst, angst anger, anger, Delia. I yeah. mean, relax. I mean, we're obvious. I'm, I'm reading between the lines yeah. here and I think, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. But Delia, think about it. Think about it. Just sell them. Well, darling, you spend all of this time, blah blah blah. Let's yeah. just spend a little, invest a little bit more time in sex. You weren't born a semi-pro golfer. Mm. You're not going to be born a semi-pro great in bed person. <laughs> so. Yes, and and it's he'll get the analogy. He'll know. He knows that golf is not just about what you're doing when you're on the you know the golf link. It's yes. actually about the Zen and the art of golf. Yeah. It's actually about <laughs> Tantra and thinking the art of about sex. it, looking forward to it and buying your clubs and hanging out afterwards with your golfing mates and going on golfing holidays and reading your golfing magazines. And yeah, so oh, the whole good thing. luck, Delia. Tim and Tina, we consider listening to the show to get a part of, of our sex hobby and we read your blog together. And if you ever come over to this part of the world or if we ever get to Australia, then we'll do your retreats too. This is one hobby we love. And this is, comes back again to this idea mm. of love your hobby. Yes. Embrace it. Yes. And if your hobby is love, then I love your love. Yes. And if you can't love the hobby that you have, mm. have the hobby you love. Or, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean. Yes. Um. Speaking of loving your hobby Mm. and instruments and tools like a better golf club, it's time for the Lalo Produit du Semain, the product of the the week. Yes. If you go on the Lalo's website, that's L-E-L-O.com and look at the NOA, N-O-A, that's N-O-A without the H, (laughs) N-O-A, the essential massager for couples games. Now, Mm. this is a very interesting, uh, like all the Lalo products, it's Mm. beautiful. Uh, And Phil 
feels so soft to the touch. And see, so soft to the touch. They went a lot to a lot of trouble to make these things not only look beautiful but to feel fantastic, as yes. you would want from a vibrator. Yes. This one is shaped like a C, mm. and it's actually adjustable, so it can be a very narrow mouth C or a very wide mouth C. And it's in two sections. There's a top, more bulbous section and a bottom thinner section the thinner section actually goes inside the female anatomy inside the vagina inside the vagina yes and where the where a little a little motor at that end will stimulate the upper wall of the vagina mm-hmm. around the g area and the other and the other larger section stimulates mm. the clitoris. clitoris the thing about the knower is that you the woman can wear it while the man mm. does his bit Yes, so it doesn't. So it doesn't actually get in the way. In no. fact, the whole thing is designed to make the whole process even more pleasurable. Yes, like um, so many Lelo products, it comes in more than one colour. <laughs> in this case, it comes in deep rose, which is a sort of lovely red yes. scarlet. Beautiful. It comes in cerise, which is that royal purpley plummy colour, which I really like, yes. and also black, black. black. <laughs> so, and. The other thing I noticed is that it has a USB charger, so you can actually hook it up to your computer. Ooh. That should be fun. Yes. What <laughs> You have it on your desk. It's also wearable, so you can walk around with it all day if you're so in the mind. I wonder if it's one of those ones. You know you can get vibrators that you plug into your computer and you play music and they vibrate in time in the music. If, if it isn't, that's an idea for Lalo. Hint, hint. <laughs> You might want to consider a possibility of a vibrator with some software in it that responds to musical rhythms, and mm. that's really interesting. That, I'm, I'm that opens sure up a whole. <clears throat> yes. Anyway, so couples, if you're wanting to have sex as your hobby, you might want to consider getting a sex couple sex toy that you can both use, and the Noah would be the one to go for. Yes, that's in OA. Mm-hmm. So. Having sex. Oh, you know, it's got a remote control as well. This one? Mm. Oh, really? Mm. So that's why you can walk around mm. with it all day long. I suppose you'd have to have loose clothing on because you had a very... No, no, no. I mean, when it's inside and you're doing the deed, you hold this remote control. There's this round thing here. Really? Yes. I wasn't aware that it had a round thing. Yes. Well, and you, you move are. it around and and that changes the vibration. So you don't have to sort of have to reach down and... And to change. To change. You well, can change the, the speed and the rhythm. The <laughs> these Lelo people, they're so inventive. They are. They are. Okay. Any further tips or tricks about sex as a hobby? Yes. Well, I wanted to um, focus on the communication side, I think, because a lot of people, as one of our um, listeners who wrote in said, like, how do, how do you talk about this? So I wanted to give listeners just a very little exercise because <clears throat> um, it teaches you how you can uh, talk about intimacy while being intimate. Right, And what I want each of you to do, and you can do this on your own. If you're a single person, you can do this on your own and it leads into next week's topic, which is about turning your whole body into an erogenous zone. But I want you to go and grab a few different implements from around the house and or you can just use your hands if you want. And one partner will just lie there and relax and the other person will start to touch them in various ways. And I want the person who's receiving the touch to give feedback as you go. Now, the feedback is either one, two, or three. If it's a three, it means, hmm, that feels really nice. Thank you. You can just keep doing that the way you're doing it. If it's a one or a two, though, you have to give them a little bit of feedback. All right? So you have to say, ooh, press more firmly. Yeah? So that's a two. Press a little bit more firmly. Yep, bit more. Yep, three. That's great. 
Or if it's one, oh, no, I don't like that feeling. No, no, could you do something else? Don't, don't do that. And zero would be stop now immediately. Yes. And five would be don't stop, don't stop, <laughs> don't ever stop. <laughs> Just keep going. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we really should get into making some porn movies. <laughs> well, at least audio porn. <laughs> I've been asked. I've been asked if I'd make some tantric porn. Really? Mm. What, starring in it? No, 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 no. Directing it. Yeah, I don't think I could star in it. I'm not that much of an exhibitionist. Yes, you do. Yeah. You do have to be a bit of an exhibitionist. You have to be an extraordinary exhibitionist to star in a porn movie. But, you know, a number of people have said to me that there's just most porn is just so over the top and not actually very delicious. I don't know whether it's possible to make tantric porn. It's certainly an interesting creative challenge. Mm. Moving on to those... Back, back to the bedroom where... Oh, yes, yes, like, so we're practising these things. You got very distracted. Yeah, well, when you talk like that, Xavier, how could I not? <laughs> Go on. God. Go on. Um, so where was I? I don't know, in some space created by a voice. Okay. I'm very susceptible so you've got to voices. Okay, so you've got two people... One of my and things, voices. In the privacy of their own home. With, with or without a voice. <laughs> yes, okay. yes they're, build, they're making love from tools they can find in their own home. Including their own hands. In their, including their own hands. Or other parts of their body. Okay, so mm. you've got that feedback and yeah, just so try you, different objects. Well, yeah, just... But the, the, the important point for this exercise, and this will actually lead into next week's one, is that you're improving your level of comfort in giving feedback and talking about it. Yes? A very good point. This is absolutely crucial. And you might decide that you're going to do this little exercise for maybe, you know, a couple of songs. I'm very big on using music as a timer. It's much more romantic than uh, having a buzzer going and music. <laughs> Change. <laughs> yes, you're right. I can just imagine the situation. It's not good. It's not good. No. No, no. I mean, you can get some rather nice timers on, you know, smartphones and these days. Time's up. <laughs> well, you can record it. Can't oh, you can rec- you? Yes, you, you could can record it. it. Can- actually, actually, listeners, if anyone wants to have Xavier going, <laughs> time's up. Oh, I can't let you do it. Time's up. Yes. <laughs> or, or don't stop. <laughs> Without the laughter, that sort of detracts from it a bit, you know. Sorry, I I'm quite. I'm quite happy to pre-record some small little snippets and, and for the site, and you can just download, download it onto your phone. Onto your phone. <laughs> there must be some way of getting a time. I'm sure there is. We can make it as an exclusive for listeners. Maybe we should do it some app, tantric apps. <laughs> Ooh, now you're talking. Okay, but anyway, so back to listeners in their bedroom with their partner having just done the one, two, three. It's about mapping your body. It's sometimes called mapping your body. And then when you've done that for a couple of songs, um, you have a bit of feedback. So the two of you just sit there and you just have a chat about how you found it and what was good and what wasn't good, um, what could be better and how you just found the whole experience as a whole. That sort of thing is what gets you used to being able to talk about sex as though it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. That's the absolutely crucial thing because anyone who has a hobby doesn't just do the hobby. Mm. There's all this stuff around it. Yes. Talking about it and planning it and doing feedback and considering how you're going. And and also if you have friends who are also, Mm. this is another thing about the Mm. networking part of hobbies, if Mm. you have friends and you introduce Mm. them to the idea of sex as a hobby, Mm. they can start discussing 
things like, I mean, if you're shipbuilders, you'll mm. discuss, well, what colour works better on that ship or what, well, techni- yeah, what gluing and, techniques works better. Yeah, and there are places you can do this. My, my Tantric Lounge Live, which is my monthly gathering, is three hours of practices and then we have supper afterwards. Really beautiful place under the stars. It's just fantastic. And, and time and time again, people say how lovely it is to be in that space to be able to talk to people about these kinds of things. And in, in this case, <clears throat> because my personal approach to sex tends to be of the more sensual nature, I tend to attract people who, you know, want to talk about those things and feel comfortable. You know, there's other people who are into a more sort of, you know, if you're more into swinging, for instance, you can go to swinging clubs and you can talk to people about swinging. Or if you're into BDSM, for instance, you can go to BDSM parlours and parties and stuff. And you but know, if you're not into BDSM. And go to munches and stuff. Mm. Yeah. But, but if you're not into the more extreme stuff. Well, it doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be extreme. It, it has to be a bit of an interest. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. Just because you go to a BDSM party doesn't mean that you're like full on into it. You might just like the atmosphere. I mean, that's why I go to those parties. I just like the atmosphere of being around people who are open about sexuality. It's fantastic. At my tantric lounge that I run, it's well, actually, there are some people that come from the fetish community, but um, they tend to be more sort of mainstream people who just love to be able to explore themselves and delve into things. We don't have sex. It's actually not particularly sexual because tantra isn't actually just about sex. It's more about spirituality and opening up to energy and masculine and the feminine energies and being able to work with that and sensuality and, oh, it's all so yummy. Yes. And back to the bedroom. Back to the bedroom. So they've done their two songs worth of... And then they swap over. And they swap over. And and then they they have a good talk about it. Yes. And they just do that with as many objects as they like. Well, they could, yes. Yes. And the point is, is that... And you could do it after each object as well. Yes. So I'm not even going to give people ideas about what the objects are. Because I want them to... Experiment. And we'll be going into more of that next week as well. Yes. Wrapping up Mm. in the final three minutes of our program. Yes. So what can, what are the ultimate benefits then, Mm. recapping of treating sex as a hobby? You get closer as a couple, right, because you've got something of mutual interest and that mutual interest creates both oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical and dopamine which is the raising the interest chemical and when a couple have got the oxytocin and the dopamine flowing then they're really connected and interesting as a couple not kind of flat and bored and disconnected so that's one positive thing it also means that you can create a space that is safe and as we stress that means safe to be free and when you feel free and can let go, then you can be creative. It means that the couple have the ability to talk about what they're doing and to give each other feedback and rather than thinking that they've got to be perfect at something. And they've got to fix it. Yes. Because it's broken. Yes. Which it might not be. Yes. Uh, the, you know, the feedback can be negative. It can be, you know, I didn't really particularly like being smeared with marmalade and having you lick it off. But I would consider taramasalata. Possibly. At the end of the day, if, we for, if, if they forget everything else yep. that we've said, mm. it all boils down to... Mm. The couple that plays together stays together. <laughs> 
So the couple that plays together stays together. The couple that mm. the, the more the mm. more playful the attitude, the more likely you are to continue to find pleasure in each other and enjoy each other. Yes, yes, and the more you do that in the privacy of the bedroom, then the more you create love and life and happiness and joy, and that makes the rest of life better. And the more, and for singles too, the more likely they come with a playful. Mm. Okay, this is going for me. This mm. is going to be a hobby. Mm the more you are likely to find a kindred spirit that is also going yes. to approach the whole sex thing without all of the heaviness oh. and angst and yes. the more Yes, I playful. have had a rash of clients lately who are... A in- rash. <laughs> rush. Rush. <laughs> I know, I've had a lot of clients lately who are either older virgins or just not very experienced, right? And it's amazing because they're always thinking that they're that a partner's not going to find them attractive because they're not experienced and don't know what they're doing. And, you know, when I start talking to them, I say, okay, well, ask me, what are your questions about sex? What do you, what do you want to know? And they're sort of like, well, well, well I don't know. Um, like, for instance, there's one woman and she was sort of saying, well, well what, what, if, what, if I, what if it's time for me to go on top? How will I know if it's time for me to go on top? I'm like, well, because you just feel it. She goes, oh, okay, so, and then, and then if I did roll on top, what if, what if the penis falls out? Is that okay? I'm like, if the penis falls out, you just put it back in again. You know, like, this is really no big deal. And at the end of it, she's like, I'm really just making a lot of fuss about nothing. I just really need to let go and go with the flow, don't I? I'm like, yeah. And that's what, and ultimately, that's the big prize of doing sex as a hobby. You just yeah. go with the flow. You don't have to get it right or to do it perfectly. You're just enjoying it and learning and trying different things. And- and maybe you'll get so much flow happening that you will be well on your way to turning your body into a whole erogenous zone, which is our topic of next week's conversation. Yes, so please join us again next week, for our listeners. It's going to be rather a wonderful show. On the Tantric, Tantric Lounge. Lounge.